0: Welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. Even with Warrior Screams by With Arm Still Empty, featuring my pal, Jan Caravelle, on guitar and vocals. Damn, I'd be lying if I didn't say that that takes me back. I've known Jan for about 25 years now, and we don't get a chance to catch up as much as we
1: should, so this was really nice. I went to, to France a lot, so my dad is French, and so that was kind of like one of the things we did every few years was go to France and see the family. Um, and I know recently my, so my grandfather in France was, uh, was very into documenting everything through film. And so I have this video now that my dad has recovered of my, you know, early trip to France and me running around with my brother who was even smaller than me. Uh, you know, in this beach town somewhere in France, Uh, and so that—that's something that I, w- I always think of with my childhood. But.
0: Yeah, would like, do you remember like riding in plane on the plane and stuff like as a as a child?
1: Ah, uh, va- really, you know, really vaguely. I don't. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I guess I I always have. I know we, we traveled a lot when I was a. When I was a kid and I was always trying to bring, you know, everything with me, trying to bring all my toys or, you know, when I was into baseball cards, I was bringing my cards with me. So I had <laughs> something to do when, on the plane or in the car.
0: Yeah. I just, I was just wondering, cause like, you know, I, um, I had flown when I was younger, like, w- like one time or whatever. And, um, I don't know. I remember that like vaguely, but then, the, uh, very the next time that I flew anywhere was like, you know, uh, decades later when I was an adult. Like, and um, I was like, I was terrified. I was like, you know, Mr. T and the A Team. Like, I was like, I wish, <laughs> wish I could just be like, put down for the you know duration of the flight or whatever. And I was just curious, like, you know. If, ha, you know, you said that you you went over there often, like, um, when you're an adult, like, is flying just, like, not a thing? Like, or is it just, like, you're not afraid of that at all? Like, do you think that has any, like, bearing on it?
1: I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I feel like now I have much more anxiety when it comes to flying, and I almost don't want to fly anymore. You know, I I do, but I I really loathe it. And, you know, the days leading up to a flight, I get really anxious. And
0: I don't know if it's so much
1: the flying is the process. You know, the process is so, so awful Mm -hmm. that I I just, I try and avoid it as much as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I I mean, like the, you know, when I was like eight or whatever, when I did it, I, you know, I, I barely remember Th- that except for i remember um like a, uh, a flight attendant that was very like um they were like doting on me a lot i was by myself like flying when i was like eight. Oh yeah and and the flight attendant was like doting on me and stuff and i remembered that but like the first time i flew as an adult like it was like it, it wasn't like i went I dove off the deep end because it was like a 17-hour flight to like Germany or whatever. <laughs> and uh so I mean I was like I was like a wreck, right? I was just like dissociating the whole time. I was just like not there. And then the next time, which is the only other time I've flown, the next time after that when we did another European tour, uh Jason the drummer remarked like he was like you seem you seem like you're at handling this better this time or whatever. And I was just like, oh yeah, I just like don't care now. Like, <laughs> and, 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 and I, that, I think that sounded really weird. Like, um, uh, like, oh, I don't care if I live or die or whatever, but it's <laughs> like, I was just like, I just figured that there's really like literally nothing I can do about it. Like there's no way that I could be prepared or unprepared for what may or may not happen so like it's just like I don't care like it's just like pointless to worry and it, i mean i do realize like saying it out loud it doesn't sound any less like um ma- maniacal or <laughs> what just like like who cares you know but i don't know that was just like the right attitude for me to have like that time you know so yeah it was just Well
1: really it's it's out of your control at that point like you know other people have your life in their hands so you can't do anything about it so. yeah
0: yeah i mean it's just i don't know i'm not like um i'm not real big on fate you know but it's just like that feels like an instance where you just kind of are like well you know it what will be what will be and uh right you know the statistics say that it'll be fine so um <laughs> but yeah um so like you you were traveling to france a lot but um where did you grow up like
1: so i grew up uh in the chicago suburbs Oh, okay so that's where i was born and you know i lived there until i was was a 14 or 15 Uh, and then my parents moved us to, to grand rapids michigan
0: oh okay yeah that was my next question like it did you go to Grand Rapids for school or were you already there? So you're already there. And like, that's like, you said like 14. So that's like the, here we go. Like, this is like the formative time where you're like, were you already into like music and stuff at that point or like playing instruments or did this come right around that? Yeah.
1: So, um, so I left, so I, I did my freshman and sophomore years of high school, uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. And so then I left after my sophomore year and I was already, you know, really into music. I, I think I'd been playing guitar for about a year at that point. Cause so I, I think I got my first guitar around when I was 13 or 14. Oh, okay. And you know, I really, I didn't have any, I don't know really, I don't remember why, I wanted the guitar. I don't know if I thought I was going to be in a band. I just, I knew I loved music. You know, at that point, I was already consuming as much as I could. I was listening to all kinds of stuff. Um, You know, I was drinking 13, 14, 15. uh, I was really into metal. Um, I was also really into industrial. I mean, in the Chicago area. So there was like, you know, Chicago metal scene and then Wax Tracks Records. So I was really into a lot of that industrial stuff. But I was also, you know, starting to go to shows in the Chicago area and seeing local punk bands by the time I moved to Grand Rapids.
0: Okay. Who were you, who was, who were the like big locals in Chicago at that time?
1: So my favorite band at that time was 88 Fingers Louie. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember seeing them. Um, and they're kind of one of the bands that got me into hardcore a little bit, because, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen 88 Fingers Louie, but it, they appeal to me because there's this punk band, but the guitar player's a metalhead and has long hair, and then on their early records, they were covering Gorilla Biscuits um, and Articles of Faith. Yeah, yeah, so I was going to
0: say that that track is, is hot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, and I was... I was just kind of trying to figure out as much as I could, you know, pre-internet days. And I didn't really know a lot of people into music. So this, you know, this was how I found out about stuff is like, you know, Thank You Wists and the tracks bands were covering and whatever media I could find. Um, i trying to think of some of the other bands. And There was this other kind of strange band called Hash Brown from the Chicago area that were more like, kind of math rocky and i think they some of those members went on to form volta del mar oh okay uh and i, I saw remember, them play once yeah yeah so they were really kind of a a strange band i don't think many people liked them but i loved them and i remember seeing one of the guys at the at fireside a few years later uh and i was wearing a hash brown shirt and he was just you know <laughs> 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 i couldn't believe it where'd like you get that remembered. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um so. Did you ever see Ball Weevils back then?
1: Um. So I didn't see Ball Weevils, but yeah, they were around, and I, you know, I listened to them. It yeah. was it was hard for me to get to shows because there weren't a lot where I lived, and so I had to travel. I had my had my parents drive me, so it was kind of hard to get anywhere. Right. Um. But yeah, I think I, I'm I can't remember some of the other bands now that. Uh, Cause I think I only saw like two or three shows in the Mm -hmm. Chicago area before I moved away. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't really like into punk, local punk very long. I mean, I had already found some of the old bands like the Misfits and Dead Kennedys and stuff, but I was still, still learning what, you know, what the local scene was all about.
0: Yeah. And when you say industrial for that time period, like what does that, what bands does that mean? Like more specifically?
1: Um, so I was, I was a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, a huge Front 242 fan, Ministry fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, like, kind of more, like, rock, metal, industrial stuff. And then, you know, later on, I got on, got into the, the early, early stuff. But, you know, years later, I was getting into, like, Throbbing Gristle and, and Coil and Psychic TV. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember I think one of one of my last birthdays before we moved away, I had my parents drive me down, you know, drive me into the city to go to sort of the Wax Tracks Records shop. Um, and then there was this other place called the alley, which was had like, you know, goth clothing and all this stuff. And you know, for me, just being this young kid, it was all like super exciting to go into the city to go to these these stores that felt you know they felt dangerous at the time to me
0: so yeah i mean it was it was um it's it still hadn't like permeated like the mainstream culture so it was still like that element of like counterculture to yeah to the yeah. you know like uh it wasn't until you know hot topic or whatever that like people started like seeing that stuff outside of you know very specific like small shops and stuff you know so it was like it felt like a it felt like a big deal like you're in on a secret or part of a secret club or whatever you know i don't know um yeah 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 uh <clears throat> when you like you said you don't really remember um like why you wanted to get a guitar um but when you first got a guitar like what was your approach to like learning how to play
1: so i took a couple lessons and i think the first the first thing i learned was like the intro to enter sandman Uh and then the guy that was teaching me tried to you know tried to teach me some other like classic rock things and i was like no i don't want to do this and so i I started bringing in records and i was like can you figure out how to play this and at that time, I was like bringing in the, all the guitar bass, like Nine Inch Nails songs. And, you know, he figured it out in a second because basically all of the guitar and in Nine Inch Nails songs is one chord. So it was yeah. pretty simple. But that's what I wanted to play. Um, and then later on, I, was, I brought in a, a Jesus Lizard song that I had them, you know, had a guitar teacher try and figure out for me. And so that's kind of how I how I learned was just bringing stuff to a guitar teacher. Cause I I still today I could not, I can't listen to something and figure it out. So I need somebody else to figure it out for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a different, it's a different set of skills, you know? And sometimes they work together and sometimes they don't like, there's still something like, I'm pretty good about like, I can hear something and figure it out, but there's still something every once in a while that's like, there's too much. Um, there's too much that's like contributing to the overall sound, where like it's just really hard to pinpoint this very one specific thing, and it's like at that point you just um, figure out what makes the. that like part of the song that part of the song instead of just what any one specific thing is doing and i think like not enough people reverse that when they're writing songs with other people if you know what i'm saying like not, not enough people like take the just the like okay um i know you're doing that but like i don't have to do the same thing and it not just, like, saying that people don't try different things, but, like, people just don't get, people just don't always get, like, the meld happening. And um, that's one thing that I always found really interesting about, you know, the couple of bands that I saw you play in was, like, especially, you know, with Arms Still Empty, and, like, not to skip way, way ahead, but, like, you know, the way the bass and the two guitars and everything like interacted was almost like counterintuitive in really, really interesting ways. And like, that's, you know, where I was going with this whole thing is like, I think that maybe you're the way that you were hearing things when you might've been trying to figure things out yourself was just like, a different, um, it's like a the, the way you turned into that like difficulty of isolating a single thing is ended up being like a boon to the way you were able to like not focus on one specific thing and sort of copy it or emulate it or whatever. And instead just make this like melding sound
1: like, I you know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, I, I always thought, you know, because I, you know, I was telling you I was trying to learn these songs when I first started playing guitar. That was really just a few months, and then I got really bored trying to play other other people's songs. Uh-huh. And to this day, you know, it's like there's like there might be guitar around. I'm at a friend's house, and like play something. Well, it's like I don't know how to play anything. I mean, I can you know, I can make some stuff up, but I can't play some other person's song. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was just more interested in trying to make stuff up on my own. Um, and I, you know, I would hear things. So I feel like a lot of the, the stuff that I wrote was really, I was just, I heard something else that somebody did and I thought it sounded cool. So I, you know, I kind of tried to rip it off, but I didn't know what they were doing. So it ended up sounding different yeah but I was just picking up influences here and there from from different bands yeah there's
0: actually like uh there's actually like a pretty interesting like um sort of like song experiment that I do sometimes where it's just like I just try to play something completely from memory without like hearing it, and then like. Uh, sometimes like it'll sound so different that i'm like actually i can just go ahead and use that like it's just like yeah. <laughs> like it's like like i like i'm like not intending to just like straight up rip something off but then like i just it's been like i'm like oh what was that one thing that i really liked a lot and i like won't listen to it cuz if i listen to it then i can figure it out right so i'm just yeah. like Oh, let's just see what happens if I just try to play whatever I think that sounded like. And then, (laughs) and then I'm like, usually I'm like, that's not it. And, but I'm like, that's pretty cool though. Um, and, but sometimes I have to compare the two. And then, like, sometimes it's really funny how like off that can be. And sometimes I actually was just right, you know, which is, I don't know, the way I'm putting all this, it sounds like being right would be a little bit of a disappointment, you know, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just something that I do for fun sometimes. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I I have a really, like, um, I have a really d- different, like, sort of relationship with, like, musical instruments where sometimes, like, I will play them just like they are a piece of exercise equipment where it's just, like, I don't feel, I I just, I know it's been a while and I need to play because I'm, it's been too long. I need to play. And it's like, if I don't do that, then my function will start to deteriorate. So I'll just play just to play. And then sometimes I just feel like screwing around. And I really won't try to do anything in particular. I'll just like think of a cool noise and I'll make a bunch of cool noises. And sometimes it's just like I won't, I feel like singing. So I'll play like really melodic and just hum over it or whatever you know and um i don't know like uh when you were trying to come up with your own songs for the very first time like what did that look like for you was it a bunch of like noise making was it trial and error was it like you said you know sort of emulating stuff that you liked things like that yeah i mean it was
1: it was a lot of noise making i would I feel like most of my guitar writing process is like, well, I should play, I should play the guitar. Uh, I feel like playing the guitar and then I'll like, just start trying to find some interesting sounds or chords or something and just kind of mess around. And, you know, sometimes it just kind of comes out, you know, I, I feel like for me, the, the writing process is uh, like my, the actual writing is sort of disconnected from my brain a little bit. I'm just kind of like doing things, and then I'm like, oh, that sounds good. And then I do it again, and then I just start repeating the thing over and over, and then thinking of variations on whatever I came up with, and trying to flesh out a song or a couple of parts that sound good together, and then, and then, then go from there.
0: start asking people if they want to like start a band like um, what did that look like what how did your first like band with other people come together
1: so the the very first band with other people i started in high school because we were gonna this other guy that i knew uh wanted to play the battle of the bands and so you know, and this, this guy, he was into, like, pop punk. And I was like, well, I you know, I can play guitar. And, and he played bass and sang. And I this is this like, I had just moved to Michigan, so I didn't really know anybody. And, you know, so he found somebody that could play drums. And I, that, so when we got together, I was like, oh, playing along to drums is kind of hard. I didn't really know what to do. So, and, you know, it took me a little bit to, to get to a point where I could feel the, the rhythm and the beats and follow along or or if they made mistakes to, to sort of correct myself. And I know we had to record a demo to, to be considered for the Battle of the Bands. And on that demo, we, made a, we recorded a cover of Op Ivy's Sound System. And I was so bad that I was hitting, like, you know, playing Sky guitar, but I was on the wrong beat. So it's all downstrokes instead of upstrokes. And I, you know, it's, to me, it's hilarious now. But at the time, I was like, I was really embarrassed.
0: Yeah. But you, did you get into the battle? where they like, okay, bring it? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. We ended yeah. up playing the Battle of the Bands. And uh, it was a, uh, a success and a disaster cuz after that we were banned from playing again. Um,
0: you were you were banned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean this this was uh Grand Rapids was much much smaller and where I was going finishing high school wasn't used to punk bands and then there were some other kids in the in the crowd who were like, "Well, let's start a mosh pit." And they ended up tearing down the curtain in the auditorium that we were playing in and so they were they were mad that, you know, sort of what they saw kind of devolved into violence and destruction, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But but y'all had a pit going to to sound system that, like, raged all over the auditorium uh, curtain, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's, I like how it was just like, yeah, and then we were banned, so, um, but... Like I was like, what they couldn't—they heard the tape, right? They knew sort of what was about to happen. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) It was that. Um, Did they? I mean, I
1: felt bad because the the one of the teachers at the school that was really behind organizing the battle of bands, I really looked up to him, and you know, I thought he was, you know, he was like one of the the cool teachers that was into music, and so I could talk to him about music. Sure. The, it wasn't us it was just you know it's kind of what happened kids got rowdy and so i felt bad about it cuz i didn't i didn't want that to happen but
0: yeah yeah i it's mean kinda it's
1: kind of funny in you know in hindsight yeah
0: yeah after you know years later and everything and it's what's done is done and it's kind of funny yeah. but yeah it's um it, it's like i don't know like in, in one way you can you, it it is shocking because you're like that i like that happened like at of school and that's like something that you would totally like you'd see that on like a um you know a tv like a tv movie you know like this this is what <laughs> yeah. happened and and um i mean i don't know you know my one of my Bands in high school played a, a high school battle of the band as well. We played, uh, well, we played, like, I think we played Welcome to Paradise. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody tore anything up or I don't think people even liked it. But, um, uh, and I actually, you know, I have a demo from that band uh, still. And, like, I can honestly say that we weren't, like, even really a bad band. So, um, but it, but uh, it. It just, um, yeah, I don't know. It was a much different experience. Like, playing that show, other than, like, later when you felt like you're like, oh, you know, I kind of blew it with uh, with that teacher that I was cool with and et cetera. Like, um, how did you feel about, like, playing that show, though? Was that, like, immediately something you
1: were, like, into? Um, you know, I was... I was sort I was terrified, honestly, because I was always, and still am, a very shy person, so it was, it was terrifying to get up there and do that, but for some reason, I just, you know, I kept wanting to do it, even though every time I got up there, I was sort of nervous and uncomfortable, and I know, like, you know, yeah, I'll talk to other people about this, or I'll talk, you know, I've, talked about this with my brother a lot is like you know I get I get nervous I don't like public speaking but all I've done is you know I play in bands in front of people and I'm a teacher and I have to go up and talk every day so I don't know maybe I'm just kind of a a bit of a masochist or something (laughs) or just trying to confront the things that that terrify me
0: yeah that's what I was I was gonna say you're either a glutton for punishment or you like (laughs) you just like meeting those uh anxieties head-on you know or or whatnot like yeah it's I don't know it's it's kind of weird like I I can't always like I sometimes I can just put myself in the right mindset where um I don't get nervous about like playing you know a show or whatever uh it's it's kind of a, probably a lot, lot less creepy um, version of the scene from Boogie Nights, you know, where the, he just stares himself in the mirror and is like, you know, you got this, you know, or whatever. Um, but I don't know, I, I just, I got to where I will have like a sort of a little ritual and I'll, I'll go and I, for the most part, I'd be okay. But like, I think you probably remember, you know back in the day like i i'd be like vomiting after every set and yeah. just like like and people were like great and i'm like please uh, not right now uh. um but uh yeah it's i don't know there's always been something like about playing shows that's you know it's it's something that i never could get enough of and um like certainly um once you know we've like I found the right community that was a even, you know, stronger pull to keep, to keep doing it. Um, uh, like I'm assuming that you sort of played like in bands, like sort of pretty much like all through high school and, you know, and et cetera until like around the time when we met.
1: Yeah. So, so that band that played in the battle of bands, it was So it was essentially it was me and this bass player. And, you know, we had different, different people that I did not like at all play drums. But we could never, you know, find a steady drummer. And I eventually, you know, still in high school, but I found an, a flyer for uh, Jeremy who ended up playing it with Arms Still Empty. Oh, wow. So Jeremy had posted a, a flyer at the local radio store radio kilroy in grand rapids said he was a, a drummer looking for a ska band and so i you know i called him up and we started playing together and, and i think the first few practices we were playing some of the same songs so I, you know, this other bass player uh, joined and so you know we had a few practices with jeremy as this other band but then you know, we dropped the bass player. I didn't. I didn't really like him. I haven't named him because I don't okay. really. Fail. have a connection with him anymore. Um, but you know, so then we started bringing in other members, and so we formed the Bounty Hunters, uh, the ska band. Uh, so we were we were you know, and then we played uh, for like a year and a half around Grand Rapids and Michigan, and a couple shows outside of Michigan. But you know, it was. It, you know, when I was doing it, it felt like it lasted a long time, but it was only about a year and a half, and we mostly just played local shows. Yeah. Uh, and then that that's, you know, we kind of broke that band up and formed with Arms Still Empty.
0: Okay. So did you do any recordings in the Bounty Hunters? Like, was that something that y'all worked towards?
1: And Yes. Did? Yeah, so we... um we actually recorded a lot. Um, we the first thing we did we recorded a a demo uh, like a ten songs with uh, Chris Chris Gooseman, I think I think he played in Gangster Fun um, at Forty Ounce Studios and so so we recorded a tape with him and then uh, we recorded a second tape with uh, Tim Pack at Woodshed Studios. And, you know, it's so that, you know, the early, you know,
0: I think as a, as a
1: collective in the group, as the bounty hunters, I think the one band we were kind of all into was slapstick. And so that's kind of how we were, uh, what our sound was like. But I was also and a few of the other members were getting more and more into hardcore and our sound evolved to the point that it got really bizarre. And I think people, that were into the bounty hunters got really turned off. So we stopped, you know, got very metal, you know, a little like, like blue meanies or link 80 or, you know, just kind of the real, the heavy ska stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a, um, compilation when I was in high school that had link 80 on it. And, um, the original vocalist was Danielle Steele's kid. And one time I called, uh to talk to him and um she answered the phone and it was like <laughs> wild cuz i'm like you know is is um is nick there and and uh she's like no i'm sorry can i take a message and i'm like i knew who she was you know and i'm just like this is so weird <laughs> but uh, but yeah um were you were y'all like Full on with like horns and everything like that, or was it just like op, more like Op Ivy? Um, like,
1: oh, we we had horns, we had a we had three horn players.
0: Oh, dang! So, like, uh,
1: it was you know, that's it, okay because we jumped the... that
0: part. Like, you're like, okay, I was with I, you know, I, I hooked up with Jeremy, and then we got like other bass player, and so we jumped the whole like, there's <laughs> there's three other horn like, how. I guess, like, when you're in high school or when you're right out of high school and stuff, then you know people, like, in the high school band. Is that how you, like, got your horn players, or was it just, like, the ska scene was bigger, so it was just, like, put the feelers out?
1: So, yeah, I mean, there was a... There was a decent number of ska. Well, I mean, there was Mustard Plug in Grand Rapids, and there was this other local band right. called The Relays. Um, there was a band... Uh, The Skeptics from Muskegon. And so Greg, who ended up joining with Arms, was in The Skeptics before. Um, So there was, yeah, there's a few ska bands around. um, And even more, you know, the Suicide Machines, uh, you know, from Detroit. And then there was a bunch of ska shows in Kalamazoo. So there there was a lot going on in Michigan at the time. And, you know, what's interesting is i to me because i you know i don't really remember how the band formed but so jeremy and i did not live close at all uh and i think he was a few years older than me i was still in high school um but i think we met zach who was our, our bass player at a show and just asked him to join and then Arik, our the singer of the bounty hunters and that the original vocalist of with arms um, he was in some other band and he was a, he was a piercer. It was a local like tattoo and uh, piercing shop right next to the radio store or the record store. Um, and so he ended up joining the band as a singer and the, the horn players, I really don't remember how they came about. I think one of them was friends with Jeremy and then he found the other horn players. So
0: that's wild and like I also like I guess it's just like wild too because like I also sort of like in my memory like I glaze over how like huge Sky was for like a hot minute in the late 90s so it was like yeah. it seems like there's no way you could get three horn players in a Sky band now but like you know maybe that may or may not be true but the point is like back then it was you know it it probably was much easier for lots of reasons um, but I also think it's funny that Uh, Arik was a piercer because, like, every ska band I knew had a piercer in it as well. Um, (laughs) The, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, one of the people in Less Than Jake actually pierced me when I was, like, 18. Um, But, uh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyway, like, um, so, you, you know, you got into, like, sort of, like, weirder stuff and heavier stuff, and then, basically, the band dissolved and reformed as with arms still empty um how did you said like that uh that greg came into the into the other band at the end right to the bounty hunters so was it it was you Arik, jeremy and greg and then there was just jeff left to you know find Uh, so
1: actually no so Okay. Jeff okay. came in. So Greg never played with the Bounty Hunters. He was in okay. another ska band.
0: Oh, okay. But, uh, okay.
1: So Jeff. so what happened with Jeff was uh, so the Bounty Hunters went on this short tour. It was like five shows and the second second or third show our bass player came down with mono and he was incredibly sick and we had we basically had to take him home because he like, you know, couldn't play the show and needed to needed to be back home. Mm-hmm. So we knew Jeff. So Jeff played in this uh, other pop punk band uh, just for kicks. And so basically we called up Jeff on our way home. He's like, can you learn our songs and come back out on tour with us for the last two shows? And so he did, And you know, so we went home for a day, taught him the songs and went back out. And he just ended up staying in the band till it ended. So we, <laughs> never, <laughs> we never recorded anything with Jeff. Um, but, yeah, so we just kind of, and I think it was, I basically was like, I was done writing ska songs. And so, you know, I would come to, you know, come to practice with riffs. And it got to the point where the horn players were like, we can't do anything with this. And so it just, you know, it didn't, it just didn't make sense anymore for us mm. to, to continue as a ska band.
0: Yeah. So like it, you really, you really did just kind of like lose the horn players and then like pick up another guitar player. Right. I mean, it sounds yeah, like, that's sort of what yeah. happened. Right. Um,
1: yeah. I and, mean, uh, the first so we had we had studio time already scheduled to record. I don't even know why, but the bounty hunters had, had scheduled studio time and we were going to go record stuff. But, you know, we decided, oh, let's just change. Let's form a new band. And so we already had the studio time scheduled. So we wrote a couple songs as with our Still Empty, went and recorded. We had never played a show. Um, and that's how our first, first couple of tracks came out.
0: Okay. So how much time was this where y'all just like, okay, we're going to, like you said, it was already booked. Like how much advance did you have before you, it was like, well, if we don't have some songs by then, I don't know what we're going to do. Was it like a couple weeks or like a month or
1: maybe a month? Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: And it was just like, okay, um, here we go. And, yeah. and what songs did you record?
1: Um, so the the first two, so the first song uh, that we wrote, uh, "A Million Others Like Us," was actually the a song that I had wrote, written for the bounty hunters and the horn players were like, we can't write anything for this, and so that's when we realized um, we needed to change the band. So and then so we kind of put the new band together and wrote Thank You, David Cash. And so those are the first two songs we recorded in the end of 1998. Okay.
0: And, like, from, you know, like, starting the band fresh with the new name and, like, being, like, you know, basically, like, free to, to pursue this, like, other direction and whatever. Was this like, uh, was this like opening for you or was it just like, Oh, this is just what we're doing. Like, was there like something about like the last part of the other band that like, it sounds like you were trying to move away from that. So was this like, did you just feel like freshly inspired and, and ready to go?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, I was, you know, I was really excited about the band when we, when we formed, um, it was, you know, it was amazing playing with Jeff. Jeff is an amazing songwriter and bass player. And so it was just, you know, we had a lot of different tools we could draw from and in, in writing, writing music. Um, and Greg was a great guitar player. And so it was, you know, it was, that was my first time playing in a band with two guitars instead of just one. And so that was, that was interesting. And, you know, it it took a while to kind of figure out how to do it, how to make it work and, you know, make sure it wasn't just two guys playing the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's some of my like favorite, uh, like that was some of my favorite things to do with like, is when, there's somebody else who, like, plays differently than you but compliments you in a way. And, like, just, like, nobody else even has to be there. Just, like, you and somebody else playing guitar. And, like, you could just, you know, I mean, you could have, like, obviously you could have a similar uh, situation with with Jeff, you know, just like you and Jeff, just, like, bouncing ideas off each other. But that's, like, some of my most, like fond memories was me and like a different another guitar player that I was really good friends with and we we would just like play guitar in my bedroom like for hours just being like oh then what if I did this you know I don't know that was so fun (laughs) like I don't know um So like this first recording, did that like galvanize you and you like is that like this is something that we want to really like we want to get out there and play in this band as much as possible? Because like the whole time when y'all were a band, that's like all you were doing. It was like y'all were always on tour, either in that or like Hunter Rose, you know. Um, but like was it was it like that much different to where you're just like okay, this is it. Like this is what we're doing
1: um yeah i i think it was more of a i mean yeah it was exactly what you said like this is i mean this is i'm gonna try and make this work and take it as far as it can go because i didn't know what else to do you know it was really you know i started you know all my friends were into music they were playing bands or going to shows I love I love putting on shows. I like putting out records. I like playing in bands. And so I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do uh, for as long as possible. Uh, you know, and that, I, you know, so that sort of in the early days I was, I was really excited. I was, you know, I was happy with our recordings. Um, and so, yeah, I just, it was, I mean, it was just a fun time. It was like a, a good way to spend my, you know, late teens, early twenties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, putting on shows, like what, um, what really got you into that? Like, what was your experience like to where you're, you realized, Oh, Hey, this is something that I could actually,
1: you know, do myself. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it was, I think it was more just, over time, like one realizing I wasn't, you know, I wasn't seeing the bands I wanted to see in my hometown Mm -hmm. and two, just starting to meet people who I was, you know, like that I knew, you know, I started making connections and other bands started learning that, you know, I was, I was putting on shows and I just, I really got, you know, interested and, and just talking to different people and and bringing in different bands. You know, I think it, it really started with, with Jeremy though. So Jeremy, like when, you know, when the bounty hunters formed, he was the one who started organizing some bigger shows. Like he brought in the suicide machines to Grand Rapids and we opened for them. And, you know, so he was the one that kind of started some of the early, early shows we put on. And after that we started making connections with, uh, local halls and theaters and stuff and they, they trusted us to you know take care of the place and, and bring in shows and we'd pay them what they asked for to use the space. So
0: Yeah they said we heard about your thing at the school and we don't want that happening here. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Avery told us all about that, but like yeah. yeah, um, yeah that's that's awesome. So it was like Jeremy was sort sort of like learning and then you're you're learning and we're like, you know, everybody is just sort of learning um as they go and sort of off each other. Like, you know, you said you, you make you make this kind these kind of connections when you're out and like you know, I like I I guess like you know, I can remember the first time when I played at like some, you know, house in Mississippi and you're like, wait a minute, like you can you can just play at somebody's house, like what the fuck? This is like amazing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh yeah, it just kind of the training wheels came off and, and you just you start going for it. Um now like uh you know, I mentioned Hunter Rose before, and like, you know, there really was like a minute there where and we've we've chatted about this sort of like in in texts back and forth. Uh, where, there was really, like, a minute there where we were running into each other so much because of Hunter Rose and with Arne Salenti and, and maybe, like, uh, you know, this band that I was in or that band that I was in. Um, and, like, whether it would be, like, you playing at my house or or I would just see, you know, like, uh, there was, like, a... I think there was a show in, like, DeKalb or something where Hunter Rose played and we played and... We were just running to each other everywhere. And it's like, I don't, you know, sometimes I'm like, I don't know whether I was coming or going back then. But um, <laughs> like, what what was the, for you, what was the like one or two deciding factors where you're like, oh yeah, like it'd be awesome to be in like more than one band. like, Like, was it, were you trying to do something creatively that you felt like? Set it aside from um with arms still empty, or was it just like, oh, well, there's this different group of friends, and like I wanna do something like with them, like what were the various like motivations where like you're like, well, one band is sick let's let's double <laughs> that, <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> yeah, and towards the end i I was in three bands, um so yeah i mean it it was more the so i think in with arms the most of the writing like the music writing was was me and then and then greg uh and then ark and i uh sort of divided up the the lyrics uh when he was still in the band so you know and jeff would contribute you know we would come up with something we'd have a you know here's here's some music um, and he would contribute to like the arrangement or his own parts or thinking about uh, how to sing a certain, certain part. But so Hunter Rose was more his creative outlet, whereas with arms was my creative outlet. So I think that's kind of how we decided, you know, like we weren't, like I wasn't writing in Hunter Rose and Jeff wasn't really writing in with arms.
0: Okay. So it was just like, it it was, it was like, just turning like um like you you'll pitch this inning and I'll pitch the next you know almost like just yeah. like turning the roles over and and yeah I could see that being really awesome too because like I've definitely enjoyed like being in bands where I had like less um uh like cr- creative not like, responsibility, I don't, that's not, like, this might be a, the wrong way to put it, but it's just, like, where I wasn't um, responsible for pulling, like, something out, whole, almost whole cloth, you know, and where yeah, it was just, like, oh, there's already a structure here and I just get to do cool shit over that. Like, this is a blast, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, that's, that's definitely, like, an ideal arrangement, especially with... You know, someone that you've already have a proven like relationship with as far as like, you know, you get along, you're not gonna fight over like this or that, you know?
1: Yeah. It was a lot it was a lot of fun because uh you know, Jeff would write really complicated things and I think at the time, you know, everyone in the band had a hard time playing it and so we would just, you know, work on a riff over and over and over and over until we would finally get it. Uh, or it would, you know, get to the point where Jeff's like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. Um, and, you know, it was kind of Hunter Rhodes kind of came about the same way that With Arms did, that Hunter Rhodes used to be just for kicks, this pop punk band. Uh, and Jeff wanted to make it more complicated. He wanted a second guitar. And so he asked me to, to come into the band to be the second guitar player. And the, the sound kind of changed. You know, and he was he was really into bands like like Sense Field and, and Shift and, and Helmets and sort of more like melodic post hardcore kind of things.
0: hmm Um you described a, the process of like going over something and over and over because you weren't like necessarily like it wasn't gelling for you right away. Now what's that look like when it does start to come together. Like, what's that look like for you? Is it like a thinning of the veil kind of thing? Or is it just like, you're not getting it, and then it's like a light f- switches on.
1: Yeah. I think it's more, more that. Yeah. You know, cause Jeff would try and come, he was really into writing things in odd time signatures and none of us were really familiar with that. So, you know, so that, and the drummer of, of Hunter Rose who now Derek, who is now like a phenomenal drummer uh and plays in charles the osprey Uh, you know he was he told me you know many times that he learned a lot about how to like play like complicated music through jeff and so i was just you know he would jeff would come up with something and we would you know, wouldn't understand it. He would play it and we wouldn't get it. And then we would just try to get through it. And, you know, it'd be a lot of, a lot of failure until all of a sudden it was just like this aha moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can relate to that like experience as well. Like I, um, just like that's the, the, the gradual like, Oh, I'm getting closer. Like thing has never been it for me. It's always like, it's always like this Charlie Brown, like, kicking at the football for the millionth time and it not happening. And then like one time I'll, I'll, I'll hit it, you know? And, uh, I'm, I'm always interested in, you know, other people's experiences, especially because like, I wonder if there's a, there's something, is that just always the way that it's going to be? I mean, I've been playing music for a long time, so it certainly would look like that's the way it's always going to be. But it's like, (laughs) I always just wonder if there's something, I'm missing that helps you, uh, work through that and get to that, that, that moment, like easier, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I also think that it's, it's kind of cool how, like, you know, you're, you, how you like, you, it's hard to track your progress because you're just like, one day, things that were difficult are not difficult anymore. And that's kind of reassuring in a way as well, right? Because you're just yeah. like, like, just give yourself time and have faith in yourself a little, which is like, it's difficult sometimes, but like, you'll get it, you know? And it's just like, one day you'll just, you know, boom. And I'm like, oh, like, why did I think that was so... Why did I think that was so hard? But it's like, you know, it was, you know, yeah. there's no doubt about it. But um, yeah, um, so like, you know, with arms, like y'all, y'all like toured a lot and um I'm not sure like how did y'all ever do like a full US or was it mostly like a couple weeks like this way, a couple weeks
1: that way? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I felt like I was on the road. We didn't, I don't know. I guess I don't feel like we, we toured very much, but it, also because we I was touring with With Arms and we come home and then i go out with Hunter Rose again. Uh, right. But we never did a very long tour. Uh, and so I think that was always the the difficult thing just with everyone's schedules and work and whatever else they had going on. It was just hard to to book something that long. Um, but, you know, we went out West a few times. Uh, we went out East a few times, uh, but we never, you know, we never did like the whole East coast. We never went South. Um, so it was kind of just, you know, based on the connections we had, you know, we could, cause we had a, a pretty good connection in Utah. So we were always like Going to Utah to play some shows there, and try and get some shows on the way, uh, and then you know the person in Utah would hook us up with other shows around, and so
0: yeah. Uh, what's what's like the most unusual show you played, or the most like unusual place that you played on any of those stints?
1: Um, I know with Arms played a a gazebo in like a. A park in Oklahoma City or something, with John Brown Battery, and it was just—it was like a hundred degrees, humid. We're outside. It was just awful and gross. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. Um,
0: but it was totally legit. Like you were allowed to be there, and it was just like in the middle of the afternoon, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is. That's. I mean. I don't know. You know, I've only had like a sort of outside. That's not true. I've had two of those experiences. And one was like, yeah, we were, it was, it was Southwest Florida. It was like, maybe it was like, uh, Sarasota or it was either Sarasota or Venice, but it was like, we played, I was in, I played in this band in high school. Uh, well, like I was like, Just graduating high school. And um, we played this show with FYP. And it was this tour that uh, Chris, who um, is in Propagandi, was playing drums with FYP. And um, so we played in this weird gazebo. And it was, like, really small. It was, like, not like a... um, Because, oh, that's actually, like... Like so I had this other this other gazebo experience. Wow, I've played a lot of gazebos. Like is this <laughs> is one of these you're like maybe
1: it's not that strange.
0: Yeah, I guess not. Because I played this other one it was in Frankfurt, but it was like this big gazebo. But this other gazebo that we played in FYP, maybe I'm remembering this wrong. I need to like I need to have a chat with uh, someone from that band and cuz uh, there were some wild stories in that band. But uh like I'm remembering this other Gazebo being, like, this is, like, you could fit, like, a tea table on it, and, like, <laughs> you know, four people could sit around it, and that was, like, it. That's how I'm remembering that. It could be incorrect, but I'm remembering being really smushed up on this Gazebo, and then everybody started being out in the, you know, in the lawn, like, in front of it. Um, but, uh, y- you know, like, it's always – Like the other experience that I remember, um, from a more recent tour where we were in California and we played like sort of in this like park and we were totally not supposed to be there, but it's like, there was a situation where the police would not get out there fast enough to like really shut you down. So it was just like, go for it. But, um, yeah, it's these gazebo shows. Like we, (laughs) you <laughs> gotta bring them back, I guess. Those were yeah, you know,
1: um, yeah. Now it made me that. So it just made me remember this. I think probably the the most fun, crazy show we had was I think on this same tour um, we played in this tiny town in Colorado, Cannon City, and uh, or, and so we got there and the place was locked up and the people who booked the show couldn't get inside. So somehow, you know, we're standing around this tiny town and somebody breaks into the place. So we have the show. But by this point, it's like really late and we're all kind of grumpy. But, you know, we ended up just like we played some songs and then I know we just kind of had this freak out and Jeremy got on the piano and started hammering on the piano and we're just, you know, just turned into like this noise show. (laughs) <laughs> i remember that being really fun but.
0: yeah that sounds wild that's awesome um <laughs> we i don't know my only experience where it, it, where it was like we can't get into the show was we drove like three hours to play the show in dayton ohio we showed up at this pizza place and somebody's like the show is canceled the owner's in drug, in, um, in jail for d- selling drugs. And we're like, fuck. Because, like, you know, I mean, back then, nobody could just, like, nobody could necessarily get a hold of you. Like, if you're supposed to be at the place at a certain time and you were three hours away, like, if anything happened in that three-hour period of time, you're just, like, screwed, you know? So, like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we drove o- we drove over and they're just like, yeah, the owner is in is in jail for selling cocaine, and we're like, oh, you know, <laughs> so so we just like went and had practice in 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 like my cousin's like kitchen instead because it was like, you no, know, you know, there wasn't like people there waiting to see us or whatever. It was like everybody that was coming there was seeing a big like closed, you know, or whatever and just leaving. But uh yeah. Um so uh with arms like y'all had um the discography like put up on like one of the DuPage pages or something like that. Like uh but then Nuni mm-hmm. was like let's put it out on tape. Um like what um how exactly did that happen? Was it just like in a message just like, Hey, I'm like really into the, it seems like this should have happened before now. And, um, I'm kind of embarrassed that I never asked, but, um, (laughs) I'm not like, I'm just like, not a big, like, uh, I'm not a big, like, you know, repeater records, like really has the market cornered on that. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's never really been like my thing, but like, how did that whole thing come about? Was it just as simple as a message or?
1: yeah i mean so i mean partly you know nothing ever happened you know nobody asked but also like i was you know for many years i was just like i'm doing other things and so like you know our music wasn't really available anywhere um except for like some stuff that people would throw up on youtube Mm -hmm. um and so like a, a year ago i just you know i had time you know pandemic and everything i had more time at home and i just started it's like going through all the old stuff i had and i was like oh, i'll just throw this all up on on Bandcamp, and i was like oh i got all these you know i have tons and tons of pictures and you know old demos and all kinds of things that i say from from back in the day and so yeah i just started putting stuff up on on instagram and you know we had our our songs up on uh, on Bandcamp. And then, you know, just through, you know, you know, how, how Instagram works. So it's, you know, it's like, I found this, you know, new knee records. Uh, and I think, I don't really remember how I came across them. I think I had heard of the, this demo, this band, they put out uh, a tape of blue blaze that I thought was pretty good. And then, you know, new like, well, you know, sent me a message. Because I don't think he had heard of me before or heard it With Arms, but I uh, listened to it and was like, oh, this is awesome. He's like, is anyone putting out your discography? I'll put it out. And so that's, that's, kind of, it was just kind of random.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Completely random. That's awesome. Like oh. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause like now, you know, now that you mention it, I think like I, I used to always search for the uh, With Arms since my man split like on YouTube or whatever, because like for a while, like just on Facebook, like I had um, this, I had like a really like everybody would talk about a band and I'd be like, oh, that band played at my house once. And so it became like a in joke with some people that like be like, oh, did they play at your house? Like just, you know, and so I (laughs) was doing this thing where I was like just posting like, this band played at my house like and i did like almost like a series of posts and i'd number them you know or whatever and um and i remember having a really hard time like finding that on youtube or whatever to like you know to post the link for and um it was always like like like, I just wore the fuck out of that CD. Like, I think I must, I know I was distroing them from you for a while as well. And I think I must have went through, like, two or three copies of that, like, just on my own. Because, like, I just, not only y'all's tracks, but those were just, like, you know, and I mean, it, it made, like, it made, like, Justin and stuff, like, really mad. Because I'd just be, like... Like, I wouldn't be trying to disparage anything they did after that, but those were my favorite since my man tracks. Like, they just ruled, like, right out of the bat, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, um, so yeah, I'm really glad that, like, you know, not only like that, the stuff is up there, you know, for people to be able to, like, go through the whole thing. And I mean, I remember, like, one of the last shows we played together that y'all had just put out that, like, We Need Heroes, like, two song, like, CD or whatever. And, and, um, you know, I was, I was like, uh, you know, for a while, I was like, shit, like, no one's ever gonna hear these songs, you know, and they were fucking great. Like, y'all record them pretty much right before the end, right? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's awesome that people would be able to go and, like, listen through the whole thing and, um, and pick up a tape if, if they're so inclined. Um, but, um, like I wanted to ask, uh, before we go, like, um, you've, I've I've seen that you've been sort of playing like music again. Um, it, it looks like Billy Thompson's, um, taking up drums at some point and you've, you've been sort of like, I don't know if you'd call it jamming or if y'all are putting some songs together for, for like, like, I don't know how serious you're taking it. I'm not just because like, you know, you've not like put this out there in the world up till this point, as far as I know. Um,
1: yeah. But mean, like I'm what's I'm happening there. To... Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we are like putting a band together, trying to write songs. Um, so yeah, I mean Billy from from Secret Smoker and Heavy Mantle. Like mm-hmm. I met him. Uh, so yeah, I met him in in Baton Rouge like seven years ago. I think it's six or seven years ago. And actually, I, I met him because I was I was at a show. I mean, this all goes back to you know the early two thousands. But uh, Kevin from Since by Man was coming down to Baton Rouge to play in his uh, his this other band assault and battery that he has. And so, Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to go see assault and battery and say hi to Kevin. We haven't seen him in a while. And, uh, and at the show, there was two shows going on and there was the second show was something that Billy was putting on and he like had a distro table and there was a coma regalia record there. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) yes. So so I started talking to, to Billy and we became friends and you know he'd asked me to to play with him for years and I was like no I don't play guitar anymore I don't do that and so uh, you know he decided uh, a year ago or a year and a half ago to pick up drums asked me to play guitar and I think this was at the same time I was going back through the with arm stuff and I was like okay I'll try this I've like barely played guitar in 15 years but I can do this and so yeah I mean it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, we're, he's learning drums and I'm a little bit sloppy because I haven't played guitar in a long time, but we're having a really good time writing music. And, you know, I, I'm happy with it. And so we're trying to, to put together a demo. I mean, right now it's just kind of a studio project. Yeah. But, uh,
0: That's awesome, though. I love that, like... I love that feeling where it's like when somebody's not doing what they're used to doing and then like it sort of relaxes the, you know, the mood or the tensions or whatever. And I feel like it lets you like, like that, it gives you that freedom to just sort of be like, it doesn't matter if this is that good or whatever. Like let's, do something we're not used to doing or let's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I don't know. It's, I feel like when you've done something that you're proud of, like, you know, I'm sure you're proud of like the, with arms to empty stuff. And it can be like, um, that can be a factor in like why you don't feel like moving forward after you've been out of the game or whatever it have have you know, be the case. So like, yeah. so like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's like, all you needed was like Billy to just basically be like, look, I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> and so it's just like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's, let's, let's go for it. You know? Yeah. But Yeah. I've seen a couple of clips and I mean, I was just so excited to see you playing guitar and I was just like, hell yeah, here we go. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So, you know, it's hard cause we're, we're both busy, but, you know, we have like six songs sketched out. So sometime in the next year, we'll probably have them recorded. And then Billy and I, Billy's going to put bass on them and probably do the vocals, too. So awesome. So, yeah, this is kind of, you know, maybe we'll add other members, and but I don't know. I think one of the things that really kind of, you know, turned me off later on from from continuing to play in bands was like i wanted to play with people i was friends with Mm -hmm. and not just join a band with other people that i didn't know yeah so so this is great because it's just the two of us and we're friends and so that that works really well
0: yeah And that was my conversation with Jan Caravel. Thank you so much, Jan, for taking the time to chat with me. I really had a blast. While you're waiting for next week's episode, head over to patreon.com slash human machine and find out about all the other things that I've been up to. Comics, music, all that stuff. Until next time, take care and do good things.